Well, good evening. I'm glad you all are here. Hey, Lynn, good to see you. How you doing? All right. Okay. Uh, wanted to uh, just mention again what we talked about this morning as far as our meeting for those that work with teenagers, with children. Uh, we're going to have to do, uh, lend the um, uh, videos and stuff. We, we're kind of behind on that. And so we need to pick out a Saturday where we can have everybody meet. So let us know. We're trying to get an idea from everybody what Saturday would be, uh, would be the best. We'll feed you, do all that good stuff. But um, in, June, right? in June, yes, in June. So uh, if you could talk to my wife and let her know what, uh, what month that might, uh, that might be. So anyway, uh, it's, good to, uh, it's, good to have, it's good to have you here. Uh, I was talking to Roger just before the, uh, just before the service, and uh, I think he's right. I, I think I need to shorten the message a little bit because uh, I, I got a nap in, but uh, I'm kind of feeling it. So anyway, but I want to get uh, to, the, uh, to the good points, to, to the positive points. By the way, uh, you three young men back there, I want to talk to you just briefly right after the service this, this evening, okay? You're not in trouble. It's no trouble. <laughs> All right. All right. You know, it, it is, it's, it's, it's good. It really is good to be back. They, they really are, you know, right when they say, you know, uh, don't push it. And of course you do, you push it. Why? Because Brad is such a nuisance. You know, he just keeps daring me. He just keeps baiting me. <laughs> oh, amen. Yeah, there we go. So anyway, but I do have something that uh, is, is somewhat tied to what we looked at this morning. I'd like for to uh, go back to it. I'm reading, actually, I, I had just got finished reading, I should say, in Second uh, Corinthians for my devotions. And I, I don't know what you might have as far as a favorite book, but honestly, Second Corinthians is one of my favorites. I just, I, I love, I love this book. So go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we'll pray, and uh, we'll, get into, uh, we'll get into the scripture and see what the Lord has for us, and then we will uh, we'll move on. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would <clears throat> just bless, Lord, your word tonight. We thank you for these dear folks, their faithfulness. I pray, Lord, that you would just Instruct us in your word. Help us to have, truly have, the heart of a servant. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So you remember how this morning, you know, we were looking at working out your own salvation uh, with fear and trembling. Working it out uh, like mining, you know, something along that line just seeking to get everything out that the Lord put in there. And sometimes, honestly, we, we do. We, we cheat ourselves. The Lord has so much for us, but we have said no to that area. You know, I just don't, I just don't see that. And 
I told you that quite honestly, I've done that in my ministry before. I've looked at something and I've thought, I couldn't do that. Well, that's a lie because it's not me doing it anyway. It's what God calls us to. So, you know, when you look back at that, you can be a little bit disappointed and you think, well, I've got to answer for that. But you know something? I, I, I haven't lived tomorrow yet. I haven't lived this next week. However long God has for me, by His grace, I can say, yes, Lord, even to that which overwhelms me thinking it's impossible. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, with the idea of Paul now and how he, as it were, worked out his salvation. It was his, I, it was, it was his teaching that the Lord gave him from the book of Philippians. Let's see what he says in 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 1. He said, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. So I'm going to go through this quickly, but there are some main points that I really want to hit. First of all, the Apostle Paul, as he is speaking, he's writing to the church at Corinth, people that he loves, he's trying to teach them, from his perspective, what the character of his ministry is. This ministry that God has given him. He says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, which we don't deserve, he says we faint not. We, we don't give in to evil. We don't, get, we, we don't lose our courage. And you know, we can kind of grasp that a little bit with what we're going through now. Now, it's not like what Paul went through. You know, in his ministry there, dealing with his nation that hates him and the Roman government that hates him. We're not dealing exactly with that, getting closer and closer. But the point is this. What we see going on could discourage us. We, we wind up giving up hope. What's the use of praying for people? What's the use of praying for loved ones? I'll have more to say about that later on. So he says, no, no, we're, we're not going to do that. There was a, there was a pastor who wrote uh, the Scottish preacher, Alexander White, is asking his counsel, should he leave the ministry? 
Alexander White responded, he said, never think of giving up preaching. The angels around the throne envy you your great work. You stop and you think about that. The angels would love to be down here doing the things that we do. But God chose us. Those who have been recipients of salvation, recipients of the gospel, instead of angels who have watched the whole thing come out in its full splendor, God says, no, I'm, gonna, I'm going to call mankind to go and spread the gospel. This is what I've received. You receive it as well. Look at verse 2. But have renounced. Now this verse is interesting here. Because there were those that he was dealing with, that he was warning the church at Corinth about, and he had already warned others. He said as far as he was concerned, he had renounced. Literally, he had bid farewell to the hidden or the secret things of dishonesty. Now, these things go on today. There are, there are people that use the ministry to get rich quick. There are people that seek to use it to build themselves up. Folks, I tell you, if, if you're serious, if you're honest with yourself, you look in the mirror and you say, you know, Lord, I don't know why you want to use me, but I tell you what, I surrender all. Lord, you can use me. This is, this is why he said later, we, we preach not ourselves. He says, I don't use the hidden things of dishonesty, literally of shame, not walking <clears throat> in craftiness. I'm not going to be using a false kind of circus that winds up coming up in some kind of a situation like a, a healing service, a so-called healing service to try to get people ginned up so they'll give nor handling the word of God deceitfully. I'm not going to literally catch with bait. I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to use the scripture to ensnare people. I'm not going to twist the scripture to try to get them to believe a certain way for my benefit. There's plenty of pastors who have done this kind of thing. Well, don't go to so and such and such uh, brother's church. And I mean, we're talking about a, a, a church that preaches the same way because, you know, they're, they're just no good over there. Uh, they're, and they're no good over there. Let me tell you, I love having Brother Dennis Blankenship here this next weekend, this coming weekend, uh, for our missions. And I praise God for other pastors in the area that are preaching the gospel. Hey, there's young guys around here. If the Lord tarries, they're going to be preaching long after I'm gone. They need our prayers. He says, but manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now, now, now listen to that. The focus is not us. The focus is truth. And we are commending ourselves. We're using ourselves for the manifestation of the truth, commending, <clears throat> taking each person and saying, listen, this is what you need to hear. This, I've entitled the message, Paul's Passion, Do Ministry Right. That's before God, not before me, but before God. Folks, let's do it right. Let's do it right. 
because there are children, there are young people, there, there's others, they're listening in. They might not even be in this auditorium, but they're listening in. There are people that are wanting to know, what do I do in this crooked and perverse generation? This is what you do. Plant yourself squarely on the truth of God's word. Now look at verse 3. What's the common enemy of the ministry that he got from God? Look at verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Now listen to this. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I, I can't remember, I can't remember what day it was. But I, I got up that morning and I was having my prayer time, and my heart was so burdened for our nation. I mean, you know, we're hearing so many things that are going on. I don't know about you. I don't know what you keep up with. I, I, I try to pick and choose what I keep up with. I do know this. I'm sickened by the people that have died just in recent days when it comes to gun violence. But, you know, it's not the guns. I, I, it breaks my heart that people in high places don't recognize that we've walked away from God. And in fact, if you mention it to them, they'd scoff. Our problem is sin. Period. We could, but then I'm preaching at the choir. You know, you know this. But anyway, so I'm just sickened by it. And, I, and, and, and I'm, pre- no, no, this is before that. I'm, I'm praying my heart is broken for our country and the Lord kept me, let me go on for a while and go on for a while. And then he stopped me and he said, Mike, are you as heartbroken for people's eternal destiny as you are for your own country? And that stopped me in my tracks and I said, Lord, Please forgive me. And I just started praying again, Lord, there's people that so need you. I was talking to somebody after the service this morning, and I'm not going to name any names because this is going out. But there is such a burden for their family. And you know, I'm looking at some people here who have had great burdens for their family as well. And we have a burden, you know, when it comes, when it comes to that. You know, we have the God of this world that is busy blinding souls everywhere. We need to make a major, major move on the throne of grace when it comes to people who are being blinded. And it's not just people they haven't gotten saved. If they've gotten saved or they think they're saved, they wind up getting blinded because of the things of this world. 
there are people that are not here tonight. I can understand what that, you know, this or that, you know, there's, there's, but there are people that are not here tonight because they're caught up in Vanity Fair. If you've read Pilgrim's Progress, they're caught up in the things of this world. I've got to use Sunday to do this or that, you know, whatever. Folks, it's, it's so sad. It breaks my heart. But this is how things have gone. Satan is busy blinding. And he's doing quite a job at it. So there it is when it comes to his ministry. What Paul has seen. So he comes to this point, And he brings us three aspects of how we need to see ourselves, etc. In order for us to do this ministry, and again, remember, we're talking about we're, we're, we're talking about mining out, we're talking about stretching, about growing, about being used of God to further, okay, Lord, this is how you want to use me. So we need to make some adjustments according to the Holy Spirit of God. Look at verse five. First of all, we need to nail this down, how we see ourselves. How we see ourselves. For we preach not ourselves. You know, it's a good thing to ask yourself this question. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Are, are, you, a, are, are, are you indispensable? Uh, you know, I mean, can, can God not go on without you? I remember when I was playing football, uh, I heard of a coach, a, a pro football coach. He would tell his guys this. <clears throat> he said, put your foot in a bucket of water. Put your foot in a bucket of water. Take your foot out. The hole that you leave is how much you'll be missed when you, are, when you leave here. Some of you will catch that here pretty soon. No, but the point is this. I mean, we have, we have worth when it comes to ministry. But if God moves, if, you know, God has a plan. We need to see ourselves as the tool in God's hand at a particular place for a particular time. Now, I don't like seeing people go. I hate it. I, I'm, I'm a people person. I, I, I hate to see people leave. But whatever God would have in each of us, we need to recognize this. We preach not ourselves. Remember, John the Baptist, he must increase, I must decrease. We ought not to draw undue attention to ourselves. You know, what I want people to remember about me is this, what the Lord has done for me. Like Paul said in 1 Corinthians, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. Now that is quite a statement. That look, here it is. <clears throat> by God's grace, I am what I am. Not because of me, but because of God. But the grace that he gave me, it was not in vain. I acted upon it. I was obedient to it. 
and then that he made a difference in his life. First Corinthians one, Second Corinthians one twelve, for our rejoicing is this: the testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world, our manner of life in the world, and more abundantly to you word. In other words, this is where God has placed me. I love you. I want to see God do a work here. That's what I want to see. He doesn't necessarily need to use me. It might be somebody else in the church, but I want to see it. So how we see ourselves, if you're taking notes, secondly, how we see the Lord. He said, verse 5, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord. Listen, if what the Lord did for mankind is the key to man's redemption, and no one is saved without it, and if man's needs are met in him alone, and if we have been given all things necessary to point the way to the Lord, then the logical conclusion is to have a zeal for him and not for our So we ask ourselves, how do we see the Lord? But Christ Jesus, the Lord, the anointed one, the Savior, but he's also master. So the question is, how do we see him? Do we just see him as Savior or do we see him as Lord? Hey, he is called Lord far more in the New Testament than he is Jesus. We need to remember that. How we see the Lord is, is so important. He's not one that we ask advice from. He is one that we give obedience to. We need to think about that. But then thirdly, okay, how we see ourselves, how we see the Lord, and then how we see others. Look at the last part of that verse. And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. A businessman was once asked, how can you tell if you have a servant's attitude? By the way you react when you're treated like one, was the reply. If somebody treats you like a servant and it gets you upset, you don't have a servant's heart. If somebody treats you like a servant and you feel you know, the the Holy Spirit guiding you and, and you respond accordingly, then guess what? You have a servant's heart. That's how we see others. We have to remember that's how the Lord came. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. I, uh, this even this afternoon, you know, just trying to envision, you, you know, when, <laughs> when you look in the mirror, you, you wind up coming to a place at times when, when you look and you recognize, you know something, I'm not as young as I used to be. Now, I'm not really old like Roger Whiteside, but I'm close to it. The point is this, I look down at the odometer and there's been a lot of numbers that have gone by. 
I look in the rearview mirror and I see a whole lot more than I see in the windshield. And I recognize that both my wife and I are living on borrowed time when it comes to health issues. If it wasn't for this day and this time in medicine, we'd both probably be in glory now. Which gets you to thinking, have I done my best for Jesus? Right now, I'm feeling the weakness of the flesh. And I'm feeling it a little bit more as we go along. But by God's grace, as we go along, my desire is this. I want to see the Lord tune my heart. How I see myself, how I see him, and how I see others. That is what is needed in each of us when it comes to our ministry. Remember what the Lord saw when it came to others? Matthew 9, 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. I look at the news And I see the crowds chanting away to murder babies. I hate that, but then I look at them and I think, if I didn't have the Lord, I might be right there with them. I don't know. You might too. We don't know. The point is, Christ has made all the difference. So there's a clarity that we need, a clarity in ministry. We need to see ourselves as we are. We need to see the Lord as he is and others. So with what we shared when it comes to what Paul went through and then how we need to take those things, basic three things in chapter, excuse me, in verse five and nail them down, we wind up getting the clarity that we need. Look at verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts. I like that. The same God that said, let there be light, has given us light in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Paul understood this rightly. And it's very simple. (laughs) It's not us. He's the one that brought the light. He's the one that brought salvation. He's the one that has given us that that great salvation. He's the one that receives the glory and not us. And for Paul, that was all the clarity he needed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
I thank you, Lord, for giving me strength. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to take the simple truths that we have seen here. Even in verse 5, just get it down, how we see ourselves, how we see you, and the people that you bring our way, that we might be the servants we ought to be for thee. I pray in Christ's name, amen.